0: before we read our scripture, let me share a story with you uh, in honor of Senior Adult Day. It seems that there's this is a story of a group of 30-year uh, people who were in their 30s, early 30s, friends who had a reunion and were discussing where they should go for dinner. Somebody suggested that they meet at the Glowing Embers restaurant because the waiters and waitresses there are young and beautiful. They all agreed. Fifteen years later, at age 45, they met and discussed again where they should have dinner. Somebody suggested the glowing embers because the food was there was very good. They all agreed. Another 15 years later, at 60 years of age, they once again, again discussed where to meet. Somebody suggested the glowing embers because you can't eat there because you can eat there in peace and quiet, and the restaurant is smoke-free. They all agreed. Another 15 years later, at the age of 75, the group discussed again where they should meet. Somebody suggested that they should meet at the Glowing Embers because the restaurant is physically accessible and they even have an elevator. They all agreed. Finally, 15 years later, at the age of 90, the same group of friends discussed one more time where they should meet for dinner. Somebody suggested that they should meet at the Glowing Embers because they had never been there before, and they all agreed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm beginning to understand that a little better every day. Our text is found in Joshua chapter 14, and the title of our sermon today is Reward for Faithfulness. Joshua chapter fourteen, beginning in verse number six, says this: Then the people of Judah, thank you, the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenazite, said to him, "You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, in Kadesh Barnea concerning you and me. I was forty years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land." And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever. Because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, The Lord has kept me alive just as he said these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now, behold, I am this day 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then for war and for going and coming. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. Then Joshua blessed him and gave him, and he gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephun of the Hakenazite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Father, thank you for the day. Bless these words. Bless our time together. We ask for you to speak in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Joshua is a book of battles. Moses has, uh, has has taken the children of Israel as far as he is allowed to take them. He is left there uh, on the other side of the Jordan. The reins have been handed over to Joshua. Joshua now becomes the leader of the nation of Israel. And it is his job to take the group across into the promised land and It's not just to go and to set their feet there. It is going to be a time of war and a time of battle. There is a lot to be conquered and a lot to be developed. And they have a lot to do. Joshua's friend Caleb is there with him. Caleb and Joshua are the two, the only two, who left in the exodus from from Egypt. Who are still there? And Caleb remembers now the day that Moses promised him a certain piece of real estate. And Caleb speaks up and says, "Give me this hill country." In some of your versions of the scriptures, it may say, "Give me this mountain." Doesn't matter what it, what how it's translated. It was what had been burning in Caleb's heart for 45 years. The promise of God that his reward would come, and now he's at that point in time to where it is about to come to fruition, and Caleb gets excited. Now think about his statement here. He says, I'm just as strong today as I was 45 years ago. I'm as strong at 85 as I was at 45 I can't say that at 51 that I was as strong as I was at 45 but Caleb said here I am strong and not only am I strong but I'm strong for the task ahead of me I'm strong because I know we have to go to war and I have been spoiling for this fight for a long time I remember those people there in that hill country I remember the fear that they put in the people of Israel and I have been waiting for this opportunity for 45 years, and Joshua, I'm not going to let it pass now. I'm ready to go. He asked for the most difficult task. Of all the tasks that are given out here during this time, Caleb at 85 years old says, I want the most difficult task. Give it to me. He still wants a challenge, and he's still a leader. He didn't say when he got to 65, There was no social security system there in the wilderness with the people. And Caleb didn't say when he turned 65, I've done my time, I've did my part, now I'm going to sit down for a little while and rest and let some of these younger people do it. Caleb said, I'm going to lead until the day I die. And I'm going to tell you something. If God has touched your life, just as Jerry was singing here just a few minutes ago, he is here. He will touch you. You will never be the same. I can promise you that if he brings you into his family when you're 12 years old or 32 or 52, you will want to serve him until the day you die. And you'll look for challenges. And you'll look for mission trips. And you'll look for opportunities here in Piedmont. And you'll say, give me this mountain, Lord. I'm ready to go. It is what had motivated him To press on to higher ground. He wanted to finish what he started 45 years ago. Any of you ever had any unfinished tasks that you couldn't wait to get back to? Any of you ever had anything you were working on there for a little while and you got pulled away from it and you said, I'm going to get back to that one of these days and I'm going to finish that? How many of you men have projects at your house that you may have started years ago And, you know, I don't know why your wife reminds you of it every six months because you keep telling her, I'm going to get that finished. Caleb had something that had been lingering with him for 45 years. Nobody had to remind him of it. It was there. And he believed the promise of God, and he believed that it was going to come to pass. Now, here's the point this morning that I want you to get. We are to serve God diligently remembering that he will never forget our faithfulness. Let me say that again. We are to serve God diligently, remembering that he will never forget our faithfulness. Caleb remembers God's promise to him in verses number 6 and 7. Caleb, had we, uh, Caleb is talking about the things that had happened 45 years ago. Caleb in Numbers chapter 13 had been a spy Called by Moses, there were 12 men who were called to go and to spy out the land of Canaan. And he had been sent out to spy out that land that God had promised the nation of Israel. What Caleb saw there was incredible to him. He couldn't believe his eyes. They described it as a land that was flowing with milk and honey. Now that didn't mean that the streams and, the, and, and everything actually had milk and honey flowing through them. But well, what it meant was there was pasture land there that was so rich and so fertile and so good that the cows and the sheep gave milk to, to an abundance and the bees produced honey and that they, these people there had more than what they needed. And Caleb saw it. He saw that there in the valley and he knew that it was good. But I want you to think about the spiritual perception here of Caleb. Caleb looked beyond the land that everybody else was looking at. And he looked over at the land of Hebron. And he remembered there in that hill country and in that mountain, he remembered this. This is the place where God met with Abraham and established the covenant. Y'all can have all this down here. I want that up there where God met with Abraham. Spiritually, he looked at it and he said, this is good but that is better, and that's where I want to be. And and there's there's a spiritual point there. Don't just take the good when there can be a whole lot better. Caleb says to them here, he says, we are well able to overcome those people who are there. Now, the other people with he and Joshua were problem conscious. They described the people as giants. And they described the land and the fortified cities. And they told Moses, this is an impossible task. We don't even need to get involved with this. I'm content to sit out here in the wilderness and rot before I would want to go in there and die. And they gave their report to the people of Israel and it caused the people of Israel to melt. Their hearts became fearful. The people who had not even seen what Caleb and Joshua are describing here those people are scared to death about what these other ten tell them. Those people were problem conscious but here's what Caleb was. He was power conscious. Caleb had witnessed the power of the Lord as the Lord released the children of Israel from the captivity in Egypt. Caleb had watched Moses part the Red Sea He had watched the children of Israel walk across on dry land. And he knew this. The God who did that can handle these people over here. And he was ready to go right then. Now think about this. Think about all the trouble that these people would have saved if they'd have listened to Caleb there 45 years ago. Think about all the wondering and the lostness and all the grumbling and all the griping and eating manna and eating and and living in misery that they sometimes did. If they had listened to the report of Caleb and Joshua, they'd have been there 45 years earlier and gone in and taken the land. How How does that relate sometimes to church life? We see what needs to be done. We see the opportunities that are before us, and what do we do? Well, not right now. Maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe later. Um, uh, we but that's gonna cost a lot of money. We 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 might not order to tackle that right now, and then five years later, what do we talk about? We talk about what we talked about five years earlier, and we and we still say the same thing. Well, you know, we just don't have the money, and we just now what we don't have is the faith. Let me, t- let me tell you what I've already heard. Let me tell you what I've already heard. I don't know why they built that parking lot so big. <laughs> and I just shake my head. 101 spaces there for people to come with their families. 101 spaces there for people to come with their families. And for people to come and park there and come in, these back doors and be welcomed, and to be and to be shown uh, how much they are appreciated for being here, and brought into a worship service where they can hear about the presence and power of God and how He can change their lives. But we built it too big. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. That's all I got to say. I want to see it filled. I want to see it filled to the glory of God and I believe that God will fill it to the glory of God for His glory whether you want it to be full or not I believe He will Amen (laughs) Caleb's standing on promises he's standing on promises and he's never going to forget them Caleb has more faith at 85 than he did at 45 His faith has matured so much in those those 40 years. And Caleb looks out here at at the obstacle in front of him, and here's what he says. It's the same giants that I saw before, but I serve a bigger God than I was even serving back then. I've seen what God can do. I believe what God can do. And I'm ready to go now. And I'm tired of waiting on y'all. Let's move ahead. And so they go. He's ready. Now listen. You will never find him a part of the grumbling crowd. Caleb wasn't one that sat around grumbling and and moaning and complaining about the things that were going on. Caleb saw the vision of Moses. He saw the vision of Joshua. He knew that God had inspired them to do the things that they were doing. And what Caleb said was, I've seen God work through these men and I'm going to follow them and I'm going to to get in there and do my part and I'm not going to stand around grumbling and complaining but I'm going to be a part of the crowd that gets things done. You see, Caleb is this. Caleb had been on his way to this better land all of his life. Every morning when he woke up, he knew that somewhere there was a hill That he was going to conquer. And that someday he was going to set up and establish his family there on that hill. And while the people were around him. And they were grumbling. And they were complaining. And they were whining. And they were moaning. Caleb is focused on that hill. He's focused on that purpose. He's focused on that promise that God gave him. He's focused completely on that And he tunes all that other out. And that's what we have to do as as believers. God has put a task ahead of us. God has put something in front of us. And we know that we've been called to that. And I can promise you that when you step out in faith on that, I can promise you that you're going to have all kind of people crowd around you and tell you all the reasons why you can't. You just keep focused on that. You keep looking to what God has has in store for you through the ministries of his life. Set in meetings with the Piedmont Ministerial Association for years, for 20 years. And all during those 20 years, here's what we set. Every year we would sit and have this conversation. Boy, I wish we had that, hot, that big building over there on the highway. Wish we could do something with that big building over there on the highway. That bingo hall. Wish we could do something with that. We ought to do something with that. We ought, to, we, ought to, we, ought to, we ought to pray about doing something with that. Guess what? We never did. And it sat there. And it sat there. And it sat there. And we would all, then we'd get together a couple years later, and we'd talk about what we ought to do with that big building over there. How we ought to use that big building. And it sat there and sat there, and we never moved on it. And now it's occupied. Looks like it's going to be occupied for a while. And here's what we talk about at Piedmont Marisol Association meetings. Well, I wish we'd have done something. I wish we had moved into and, and tried to do and you talk, you think about all the churches in Piedmont pooling together and pooling our resources and going, it could have been done. But what we did was we sat and looked and and we looked at the cost and we looked at the at the expense, and we looked at all the reasons why we shouldn't, and now it's too late. And pray that those next opportunities that come along, we won't sit and talk, but we'll move. We'll move in those directions. And that's what Caleb has been thinking about all his life. And now he looks at his commitment to the Lord, and he says this about his commitment to the Lord. I wholly followed the Lord. With every part of my being, I followed the Lord. He's reminded of the time that he completely surrendered to the Lord and that he totally dedicated and committed his whole life to God. He remembers how he stood apart from the crowd. How he separated himself. What about days of victory for you spiritually? Can you look back to the day you were saved? Can you think about that time of full surrender? Maybe when you surrendered to ministry or you surrendered to God's purpose for your life. What about that day of victory in your life? Caleb looked back and he said, For all these decades, I can look back and I can honestly say that every single day of my life, I gave my whole being to the Lord. He says, I remained loyal to the Lord my God. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10 says this. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. It says God is not going to overlook your work in the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. I read that verse and I think about this group of people here I think about the group of people, some of you out there in this congregation, I think about how you look for ways to serve others. And as it seems like, every time you find a place to serve, God begins to grow that ministry and he gives you even more to serve. Because you stay faithful and you continue serving the Lord God. Caleb then remembers God's faithfulness to him. He said, God has kept me alive for a purpose and a reason. Everybody else except for Joshua has died, and I know that I'm here for a purpose. And he thinks back to what God said to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 1. God said this, the Lord heard your words and was angered, and he swore, not one of these men of this evil generation shall see the good land that I swore to give to your fathers. Except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it, and to him and to his children I will give the land on which he has trodden, because he is holy, followed the Lord. He's 85 years old. He's one more senior citizen, but he says there's no way I'm going to sit down and quit now. I'm not going to rest. I'm not going to rest on my laurels. I'm not going to rest on what I have done. I'm looking forward to what God will still accomplish in my life. Think back to the point of the whole sermon here. We are to serve God diligently, remembering that He will never forget our faithfulness. Caleb knows that so well right now and he knows that he is about to see and know his reward now we may be rewarded here in this life or it may be in eternity where we're rewarded though God does at times reward faithfulness in the here and now with material blessings it's so important to keep our focus on our eternal rewards. Because the focus of the whole, the whole focus of the New Ter- Testament is on eternity. The whole focus of the gospels and the writings from the apostles is on eternity and on being at home with the Lord. It doesn't matter how and when he rewards our faithfulness, we know that he's going to reward that faithfulness. Paul wrote a couple of times about being rewarded, about going home to see the Lord. In Philippians, the first chapter, he wrote this to the church there from a prison. He said, I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. He says, I want to go home and be with the Lord, but I also want to stay here and do ministry. And Either way, it's a win for me. And later on he would write from a prison cell knowing that he is about to face the end of his life. But he says this in his letter to Timothy. He doesn't talk about the, the, the pain of death. He talks about the reward that he's about to receive. He says, I'm being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who loved his appearing. Paul said, I wrote a letter to the Philippians one time, and I said, I'm ready to go home. I'll stay here, but I'll go home if the Lord wants to take me home. And now he's writing a second letter And he says, I'm about to go. I know that it's not going to be a pleasant exit, but I can't wait to get there to get my reward. Caleb says this, at 85 years old, give me this mountain. Lord, give me your best opportunity. Lord, give me the hardest thing that you have I won't shy away from it I'll go give me this mountain now I want to tell you something a lot of people this this day need need to step up and say Lord give me this mountain Lord give me this opportunity Lord give me the hardest thing Lord give me a desire for missions Lord, give me a desire to teach Sunday school. Lord, call me to do something. Lord, give me an opportunity. Give me the thing that no one else wants to do, and I'll gladly do it in service for you. Now, here's what I want you to know before you jump up and say that. Your reward may not be here in this life. Your reward may be in eternity. That's all right. You see, what God is promising Caleb here is a land grant. He's promising him real estate. It will be easy for me to manipulate these scriptures this morning and tell you that that the gospel says that if you'll jump up like Caleb, God will give you a big piece of property on a lake or in a mountain somewhere and you can be satisfied for the rest of your life there. Turn on the TV this afternoon, somebody will tell you that. Caleb said this, back in the wilderness, back on the other side, I committed to serve you. And, Lord, it's been hard. There's been difficult days. There's been struggles. I've watched people that I love pass away by the multitudes there in the wilderness. But here I am, and I see my reward. When you stand up and say that, give me this mountain. I tell you, be ready. Because there's a fight that comes along with that. The devil will attack you in ways that you can't even imagine. He's attacked the health of my family. And I'll tell you this. i gladly go through that again as opposed to some of the, uh, the attacks that we go through now in our family. He'll attack your children. He'll attack your grandchildren. He'll attack everything. That you hold dear and love, and that's why you see so many casual Christians who drop out when it gets hard or when it gets hot. That's why you see so many people who will say, "Well, I just, you know, I'm tired." A minister stood before a congregation this just this past week and said, "I'm going to have to give this church up. I'm tired." I don't understand that. I just don't understand it. Finish. Grab hold of what God has for you. Move toward it. And don't look back. We have so many examples here among us of people who have gone through so many difficulties in their life, but they're still serving. They're still getting up every morning and there are days that they've had hardships that we can't understand where they just have to get up and put one foot in front of the other and know that it's by the grace of God that they're able to even do that. But they continue to serve and they continue to go and they continue to minister and we should look at that as an example and say, give me this mountain, Lord. There's a big mountain ahead of us a big mountain out here. A community that needs to know the Lord. We, we broke the ice with that community a few weeks ago in this yard sale. We'll further break the ice with them through this community vacation Bible school. Awanas has brought many of those families here into our church. We're just getting started. We're just getting started. God has something for you to do in all this. Pray about it, and come to that place where you say, I'm ready, Lord. Give me this mountain. Let's pray. Father, I pray this morning that people would hear your word, not hear my voice, but hear your word, and listen to the scriptures, and see a man who at 85 years old at 85 years old, he began He began something new. He said, Lord, this is what's been on my heart all these years, and I'm ready to go. Father, I pray that there will be people here in the sound of our voice this mo- morning who will say, I'm ready, Lord, to serve wherever you have me. I look at the example of these senior adults, and I see how they serve, and I see how they go, and I see how they love the Lord, and I see it's infectious, and I want to be a part of a ministry like that. Maybe you're here this morning, and and Lord, there's people who don't know Christ as their Savior, and they need to come this morning and find out how to begin a relationship with Jesus. Maybe the mountain in front of them is, uh, they've, they've been saved for a long time, and, and they've not uh, made a public profession through baptism or joined the church. Father, I pray that today might be the beginning of moving that mountain in their life. Whatever it is you have for us today, Lord, move in our lives and in our hearts. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you?